please be advised. We will be discussing subjects that may not be suitable for all audiences, and will include subjects that some will find challenging, traumatic, or triggering. Welcome to You Don't Fight Alone, a podcast sharing the stories of those of us successfully living with mental illness and how we got here. My parents moved away and like I was living in my parents' house um, by myself, essentially. Um, And um, I had it where my dad's best friend was living in the same house. So it was kind of living a separate lifestyle at 22. And, you know, I felt like a lot of things kind of got robbed for me because, you know, 22, I feel like you're still trying to, you know, get your youth going and, you know, explore different things and have all experiences. And I feel like mine kind of got shortchanged dealing with a lot of stuff with my parents. They moved to Texas and both lost their jobs. And then I had to deal with that. And then um, at the time, the job that I had before the horrible one, um, they cut my hours. So like, it was just a domino effect of things that kept going and going and going. And the, I guess, I don't, I think I never saw myself in that sort of situation. Um, When I was in college, uh, my freshman year, it was a bit of a rough time transitioning. Um, But I think a lot of it dealt with homesickness. And then it also dealt with not being in the college that I wanted to be at because I think I did it. I know I did it more for, you know, it was the, I wanted to be out of state. And so I did that, but I realized that this wasn't my passion or in my passion is music. And so, um, when I did that, um, I had two other friends that were kind of going through the same hard time and we got each other through our struggles without too much, um, too many scars, at least for, I can only speak for two of us, but um, uh, after that, I felt like, I was like, okay, well, I at least survived that, so I'm, I'm still doing okay. I don't, I need to see a therapist, but the Texas experience, my parents moved to Texas, it was just, it kind of threw me off uh, altogether, because it was not only that and feeling abandoned, it was a combination of trying to take on their problems and then trying to deal with mine and having that in a mix of things and having all that just sent me to a rock bottom which you know I knew it was bad when I looked at the the bag and on the ground and was like can I suffocate myself and it, it was deep and I was like I should not be thinking like that and so um, that was the moment where um, I decided to start praying, like, if you just give me one night of strength, then I will go get help and get on the right track. And that was kind of how I went about that. Uh, my name is Kelsey Marchman, and I am diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder. I guess, like, in my lifetime, there's only been really two big rock bombs where I think I've, or maybe I don't consider them rock bottom as more as big bricks to head that you need help. Um, so, um, one of them was, uh, I was at a job recently that 
again, was not a good work environment. And I was in Target uh, buying a gift for a friend. And I started freaking out with that everybody was looking at me and that, like, there are too many people. And I already don't like too many people in a grocery store anyways. I detested going grocery shopping with my parents um, because there's just too many people and they run slow. I love late night shopping because of that. Um, but um, it became too intense and, like, I had to go home and, like, take an hour uh, to detox and I realized I had a panic attack because I just could not deal with it. In January 2018, I had a major, major panic attack, biggest one I've ever had, um, where... Um, I was with my now fiance and um, but then boyfriend um, and I woke up in the middle of the night in like a cold sweat and started uh, hyperventilating and was crying uncontrollably and just could not seem to get a hold of myself and I I've never it feels like my mind went like a million miles per hour like I just could not catch up with it and I knew then that that was the time to get out and change the situation. So I already been seeing that there, like I already, I made the decision to see my, my current therapist after um, the um, attack that I had after shopping. But after that, I realized, no, this is now tied to my career and I need to get out. And um, it was not the easiest thing because, you know, job searching is hard when you really want a job. Um, but after I got out, it felt like a big um, weight lifted off of me because I finally figured out, okay, well, we've, we've escaped that now. And we know what we don't need, what environment we don't need to be in in order to trigger that anxiety. I get triggered by people outcasting me. Um, I'm very much so a people person. And um, I think being at a job situation where you felt outcasted and anytime you tried to talk, you got ignored or, you know, the bare minimum answer or um, it just, I was never used to a work environment like that. And I was getting piled on with work, uh, way overwhelmed. They figured out that I'm very much so a person who likes to help out, so they took advantage of it and then piled more stuff on me and then got mad at me that it wasn't up to quality. So when that occurs and you have, I don't feel like I fit in, I don't like my work, um, I hate going to work, That that's the perfect environment for high anxiety and then you know depression starts to keep creeping in there because then you start doubting yourself as well and that's what happened to me is that I feel like I was anxious all the time um, that I did something wrong or and that I was being watched and even though it was denied vehemently it was very evident that there were signs that I was under you know a microscope um, and um you, you know being in that sort of environment where you're just you know everybody's looking at you you can't escape and so you start doubting yourself and you start doubting your your abilities and your talents and everything and um that's what i had to deal with you know 5 days a week for 8 hours and it, it was one of those things where the pay was well but i 
the mental toll it took was ridiculous. You just feel like you're really buried and you just can't get out. Um, I know when I was at my job, I felt absolutely hopeless and like there was no way out because I was applying like a mad woman to jobs every day and sitting behind the computer or or on my phone, whether at work or at home, just applying to try to get out. And I kind of have this visual of me being um, like in a prison and holding like my hand out like hey help me out of here like let me out of here let me out of here and that's what it felt like especially with the the, with where I was working it was that nobody was listening to me and I needed to get out and I felt like I was just you know on my way out because that's that's what it felt like um with the first go around I think it was just more sudden and situational um where you know, I felt beaten down and I just remember feeling extremely low and at that very low place. Um, but for some reason, I knew that it was very much so like within my power to change the situation. Maybe I felt more, the, maybe I felt like I had more power at the time with the first go around than this one. And um, I think it was, excuse me, um, a lot more significant the first go around because I realized my own strength, but the second go around, I felt like it was perpetual beaten, uh, being beaten down for eight hours a day, five days a week. And so when the, when I had my major panic attack, it just all came crashing and it felt like there was no getting out. The problem I had was that because I spent so much, I worked full time at that job, it was taking away from other aspects. The moment I knew it was really a problem also was when it started taking away from um, um, my band is because I was uh, I'm in a band. And when you realize, uh, I think like one of the quintessential um, symptoms of like anxiety, depression is when you realize that it starts taking away the joy from things you love. That is a problem. And I'm like, why am I sitting up on stage? And I'm like, I'm not feeling fulfilled by this. Like it started at some point it started getting harder to want to go to shows and want to perform and want to write music because all I wanted to write was sad stuff and really angry stuff. And I, I mean, you know, some of our content would have that, but it's not exactly my content. And I had big writer's block because I didn't know how to really, um, you know, verbalize what I was feeling. And so um, having to deal with that and then like, you know, I never really, I having to come clean to my singer and say, look, I'm having problems here. You're going to have to hold on and hold you know, hold the Ford down until I get out of this situation. Um, that was a hard thing to admit because, you know, uh, there's a little bit of a, I, I feel like that we're, I'm still trying to make sure that I seem strong enough as a woman, as a woman in the band, but he's also a guy. And so I'm like, well, I'm, I'm hanging tough and I usually am strong, but like, this is breaking me down just day after day. And so, um, 
it, it's one of those things where I feel like I needed to, I know I needed to separate myself from people to get better, but after I got out of that situation, it was kind of hard to, um, like re-enter everything again because I felt like I'd been gone so long and I had been robbed of a lot and um, I was trying to quickly get back to where I would like to experience the joy and um, everything that comes along with it with having anxiety at least at my control. The way I was kind of brought up, it was like my mom was more of the solid rock in the family and my dad was more of the emotional one. So um, I had a bit of a role reversal in that way where it was just very much so you power through and you just go and you just go and don't ask questions, you just go. And um, I realized that was an unhealthy way to live when I met my fiance because he was very um, transparent about if we were going to be in a relationship, he wanted to know all of me and not the censored parts. And I'm like, well, I really like you and I like you enough that I want to work on it myself too. And um, I had made the decision um, to see a therapist based on that as well. Um, and... Um, when we worked together, like essentially when we started working together, like she noticed that, you know, my feelings are pretty much at bay and my emotions didn't really have many ebbs and flows, but she wanted to tap into that. And I did too. Um, coincidentally, when you do that, uh, you have to learn emotion management as well. <laughs> um, and so like I said, back in December when she did that, I was just like, great, now what do I do? And so we're still working through that and I'm still a work in progress on it. But essentially, now that I have these emotions to um, really explore, they've become more um, kind of fluid where they don't have any structure. So um, they've, I mean, time is really the healer of this sort of thing where like it takes time and practice and... Um, working on each emotion individually rather than all at once. And so I'm working towards, you know, when I feel anger or when I feel sadness, it's not, you know, the end of the world. I'm looking at, okay, what is causing the anger or what is causing the sadness and, you know, the duration of how long it should last or in the intensity of it. So we're kind of uh, taking it and breaking it down into um, chunks of how I should go about feeling these emotions without feeling like it has to be 100%. There was one topic I did want to touch on, though, um, which I think is very unique to um, women. Um, which is what I'm kind of still working on myself. Um, so I am very guilty of comparing myself, which is high high anxiety as well, and very much so a road for compare or a road for anxiety and depression. And um, a lot of the uh, and like a byproduct of you know being in a crap work environment is like I'd lost forty pounds and then gained it back because 
you know, when you, when you feel crappy, that's how you treat your body. Um, and I feel like it's been a struggle to get back there more so cause my body has changed since then. Um, but, um, I realize there's a lot of comparison and, um, you know, uh, that, that I experienced by, you know, looking at somebody else saying, Hey, why don't I have that? So that's like, I guess that's like my new demon is not comparing myself to others and finding the happiness within me versus, you know, looking at somebody else saying they can do it. Why can't I, or why am I not that good enough? Cause then that starts the anxiety chain. It's mainly physical because I think people have done like, I think our society is doing a lot for body positivity and I'm all about that within reason, you know, Please don't be extremely overweight and, you know, be sick um, and and try to flaunt it. I, do, I don't like that. <laughs> but um, I think the problem is, at least in my experience, is the marketing of it all. And, like, when you get marketed a lifestyle that you want but you're having a hard time getting and nobody's like pulling you along with it um it's kind of hard um and i think i i just i know i compare myself because it's you know i want to be that person i want to be successful and everything and i realize i you know i have to this is where the mindfulness comes back into play where it's like i have to be mindful of what i've accomplished i'm like people probably look at me and like, wow, you've opened for, you know, X amount of bands or you play guitar and they probably look at me the same way. So there's a sense of mindfulness and gratefulness that comes with it. And that, and it's such a hard balance to keep that in check when you turn on your feed and you see things there like, eh, well, that's not me. And that's still not me. it was being with my therapist and facing my demons head on because I had repressed a lot of things that I didn't think were there or I had just adapted as normal and that's just a part of life. Um, and the uh, my first therapist did a wonderful job of getting me to those uncomfortable places and saying you got to face them in order to get better. And it's the whole, it's got to get worse before it gets better thing. Um, and once I realized that and stopped trying to fight her and stopped trying to censor things, then, um, I realized that was my breakthrough in realizing the power that I had over my anxiety. Um, and, you know, fast forwarding to my second go around, I really think my breakthrough probably came when I, ironically, it was the, um, you know, undamming of the emotions because I realized that it was, you know, something that is so much a part of life. And I've been trying, uh, doing all these years fighting. It, re it, it made me realize how much I appreciate things a lot more. Um, I feel like, you know, after, uh, especially after I left the job, I felt like I had, it, it almost felt kind of like a rebirth and that's why I feel like I'm relearning how to deal with my emotions because it's like, okay, now I can walk now. Now, how do I use these two legs and, you know, try to get your bearings on things. And like 
once I left that job, it made me realize what my self-worth is and what I will not settle on. I'm still at a 9 to 5. I work at an appraisal company up in Edgewater, but um, the just the environment i needed this so badly to be in that environment where people are actually care about you actually come up to you and talk to you um they don't exclude you um it's not um you, you know people are genuinely um concerned about their coworkers and want to know about their lives and you know we get together um Having a community is crucial, especially if you're going to spend 40 hours a week at a job. And that's what I felt like I didn't have at my last job. I'm realizing now that if you have no community, it, it really does play on your psyche a lot. And the support is throughout the community, too, because the company is national. So um, you can feel it from the corporate office to our office. It's everywhere. <laughs> As my mom always says, their path is not your path. And so having that constant reminder and being mindful of like, okay, but this is what you're accomplishing right now. This is what your band's doing. This is what you're doing. This is how you feel getting up at six and working out five days a week consistently, which has happened. And I'm very proud of myself for that. It's not easy. It's a daily struggle, but every day that I'm victorious in it, that, that's, that's great. It's unfortunate that religion scares people away from things that are readily available, and I see that happening all the time. Um, it's definitely a thing in the in especially the African American community where they just say, oh you just pray it away, and which is great, but um, that doesn't solve anything for the now. Um, and you know, I I am a believer that you know. God wouldn't put all these tools on the earth for you not to use them. So that in my mind, it w made sense for me to say, I just need a, a sign of some sort. And, and, and I need that strength to just get through this night. And then I will go find the proper help um, to be um, a better version of me. Um, and, you know, I have, you know, you could get uh, the the thing with, you know, religion and having faith and having just a relationship with God um, in general, I think gets muddied over just because the way things are today where it's just very cult-like. My relationship with God is a personal one and that I don't try to, you know, expel that on others if they don't want to. And if they ask me, I'll tell them. But, you know, for, in my mind, that's, that's on them. That's that if they want to do that, you know, you you do you. Um, it's not up to me to judge you, and I'm certainly not going to treat you differently. I don't believe in that at all, and it and it really frustrates me. And I've had conversations with my fiance of you know how it it's sort of hard to even say half this stuff because I feel like there's the connotation of what it is now, whereas like you you know you're you just don't like anybody and you're just very much so for yourself. And if anybody's not like you, you know, go away. Um, 
I think um, I've been able to marry the both, uh, well, both uh, um, faith and, you know, getting help um, because I believe they can be coexistent. Um, you're, you're, you, what you say in, um, <clears throat> what you say in a therapy session isn't you praying to your therapist, but if you pray to God or whoever you believe in, um, you know, you have that relationship to get whatever you want out of it. Um, but I don't think it really wouldn't make sense to have a profession uh, there for you not to use it. And I think it's rather silly when people deny it. Um, it has done wonders for me. Um, I've, there are other people that I follow out there that um, use both um, co uh, cohesively. Um, and I just don't think it gets publicized enough because it's just so like non christian or non-baptist or whatever it's just you just don't get help you just pray it away and you're done or you sleep it away they are a tool to help you realize things within yourself that you don't see or to help break patterns to help you get on the path of right thinking they're not gonna the at least the right ones not the ones that i've seen on horror stories on reddit um the right therapists will just guide you they will not inject their own opinions break up with your therapist as they're telling you something else <laughs> um but um the right therapist will just you know they'll take into account everything and they'll maybe ask you about it but they're not going to the right ones will not inject their opinion and they're not supposed to um, so whatever relationship you have with your higher power should be that between you and that higher power. There should be nobody else coming in between that. So if that's, uh, my answer was praying to God and say, Hey, I, what, uh, you know, just get me through this night and I will go get help. And I feel like that opened doors for everything and having that sort of faith of, you know, when things get, um, rough and, you know, I kind of pray for that strength or pray for that advice of like, okay, what do I have in my toolbox that I've used that I have now um, from my therapist um, that I can use in order to get through this? Like, I think it's a great combination of both. I honestly think it is. You're not alone, first and foremost. Um, millions of us live with it and have to figure out how to deal with it um i also would say that your everything you're feeling is valid because it's coming from a place of other things that you have not dealt with yet and um it's going if you're living with severe anxiety or in a place like you know i was at 22 or you know in 2018 where it's severe anxiety get help immediately um i know it's uh not easy to ask for help but um finding the right therapist that will you know walk with you through it and will be your advocate with you is amazing um like i said i've been on i i pine the reddit thread and see some horror stories from people who probably got their license off of a matchbook um <laughs> and probably should not be practicing at all but 
if you find the right fit and one that will be willing to help you and go through the process with you, then you've found gold. And you have to also realize that when you go seek the help, it's not going to be a walk in the park. There are going to be sessions where you feel kind of crappy because you're re you're retelling stories of where th things started or when things started to feel uncomfortable and they're going to hit on nerves that aren't always you know the best and they're going to challenge you and you're going to want to fight back but the the benefits are amazing I, I it really is amazing when you are an advocate for yourself and realize what your strength is and what your worth is I just want people to know that anxiety is a horrible thing and it's not made up. Um, and that's kind of the biggest thing is that I know people are like, well, you know, there's still people that say buck up and, you know, well, you know, do X exercise or drink more water. And I'm like, it's not that simple. <laughs> if it was that simple, then that'd be, you know, everybody be cured. But, um, it goes deeper than that and the moment that you're able to get real and get into the mindset of hey there's a problem with me and I need to get help the closer and faster you get to um, the road to recovery and it's out there for anybody um, you just have to want it and have to please be able to do the work and it's going to hurt and it's going to be sucky at times but and I kicked and screamed. I still kick and scream at my therapist sometimes because I'm just like, why are we doing this? But it is so worth it. 100% worth it. For more information and to donate, please visit youdon'tfightalone.org. You Don't Fight Alone is sponsored in part by Mentally Chill, an improv team talking about mental illness and how it's so hard but no one likes to bother anyone about it. Be prepared to be bothered. Find them on Facebook.com slash Mentally Chill Improv, Instagram at Mentally Chill Improv, and at Voodoo Comedy beginning this September. The You Don't Fight Alone podcast is a production of You Don't Fight Alone Incorporated, produced and engineered by James Fisher and Keaton Lycom. The information presented by You Don't Fight Alone is not intended as medical advice. If you have mental health questions, please talk to a mental health professional.